Sports here on this wonderful, wonderful Tuesday morning on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. My name is Kyle Jones. I am joined, as always, by Cole Tusing. Cole, how's it going? I'm doing good. You know, there's a lot of sports to talk about. Got to recap the Super Bowl, which I honestly have mixed feelings for. I'm not sure how you stand that. There's a lot of NBA transactions. Porzingis got traded, and the news of where Anthony Davis might land this coming year. Yep, lots of sports to talk about. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, things that we can get into more as the show goes on. A little bit of a clarification. I know uh, we put a tweet out earlier uh, about the show moving to Thursday. That is what we had been told, uh, but there was a last-minute change there, and we are still on Tuesdays, same time, same place. So if you enjoy your KNC Sports on Tuesdays, you're very much in luck. If you wanted us on Thursday, I'm sorry. Um, sucks. But uh, we are still on Tuesdays, so obviously we're here right now. And you can continue to uh, tune in to us at this time. Uh, anyway, happy Chinese New Year, and we will get into sports talk after the break. On Wednesday, February 13th, KCOU presents Lucy Dacus at Rose Music Hall with Rafco and Illuminati Hotties. Doors are at 7.30 and the show is at 8.30 p.m. Advanced tickets are available now at rosemusichall.com. Welcome to today's lottery drawing. And today's winning numbers are not yours, not yours, and another number that's not yours. And the final number is not yours. When it comes to having money, don't rely on luck. Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering it. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Kyle Jones and Cole Tusing here. So, Cole, let's start out with obviously the big event of the weekend. Uh, the Super Bowl occurred. And that's about all we can really say about it that was good. Would you agree? Honestly, yeah, you're not wrong about that. Um, you know, we can talk about the game or anything, but... Just everything around that, the game, the Super Bowl commercials, the tease at the halftime show is Sweet Victory. There's just a lot of things that, personally, I was 
not a fan of, but we can just talk about the game in general, and then we'll go in depth about, basically just talk about the game right now. Yeah, so let's just start with, you know, obviously a good place to start, which would be the first quarter. Um, a, a quarter that was so uneventful. I, I've never, like, just, it was back and forth on three and outs, you know? Like, it was, it was so just bad. Um, you know, like, I'd like to, I'd like to just kind of, you know, so Brady got picked off on his first pass, you know? It was an epic pass by... You know the Rams, so I mean, you gotta give credit. For yeah, them, like credit, credit to the Rams defense for for you know intercepting the pass. But I mean, good lord, this is Tom Brady. He hasn't thrown a pass. He hasn't thrown an interception in a while. And first first pass of the game gets picked off. But then you have punt, then a missed field goal, then a punt, then a punt, then a punt, and then finally, finally, we hit that Patriots field goal. You know, like, at the beginning of the second quarter. Like, the entire first first quarter was a bunch of three and outs. Well, not necessarily three and outs, but, like, interception from the Pats, three and out, the missed field goal. Like, it's a bunch of punts. It was an absolute punt fest. You know? Yeah, you're not wrong about that. And just overall, these this... I have so many mixed feelings about this because... For one, this is the Super Bowl. This is supposed to be the two best teams in the National Football League competing for the championship. And I hate to say it, but I honestly got bored. I, I that's don't don't hate to say that. It was a boring game. So so I understand. I understand why people would be like, "Oh, this wasn't boring. It was defensive showcase." To which I say. To which I say. First off, even if it was a defensive showcase, it was a boring defensive showcase. It's not like, you know, it's not like there were a bunch of punishing big hits and forced turnovers and things like that. There was one turnover in this football game, and it came on the first drive of the game. The rest of it was just a bunch of drives that fizzled out. You know, and that's not fun to watch. If you want a good defensive game, I want to see some linebacker come in and blow Tom Brady's helmet off and force a fumble. That's a fun defensive struggle right there, you know? That's a good point, and you bring up a great point, and I want to uh, ask you a little debate. So people say that this was the worst Super Bowl they've seen in years. It is. And people compare that to... When the Seahawks blew out Peyton Manning and the Broncos. See, I enjoyed watching the Seahawks win that. Mostly because I, I I picked the Seahawks in that game. So to, to see the Seahawks just absolutely steamroll the Bronx, I was like, oh, this is nice. I'll take that. Um, and you know what? You know what? That Seahawks-Broncos game was not bad. Blowouts are only bad if you're on the losing side. Was it a compelling Super Bowl? No. Like, obviously, the greatest Super Bowl of all time was the Patriots coming back from 28 to 3. That's the greatest Super Bowl of all time. But 
to say that that Seahawks-Broncos game was bad, I disagree. I had a blast watching it. Maybe it was because I wasn't a Broncos fan, but I like seeing the Legion of Boom. That was that was the heyday of the Legion of Boom. It was supposed to be a blowout because the Legion of Boom was supposed to stomp all over Peyton Manning and the Broncos, and then Russ and then Russell Wilson was supposed to come in and kick bum. What happened? Legion of Boom showed up to the party, and Russell Wilson got to run all over a shoddy defense. You know? You're right about that, because that first quarter was, like, picked sixes, mm-hmm. like, big hits by Cam Chancellor. It was yeah, entertaining. Yeah, there, like, there was, like, three big, like, defensive touchdowns in a row. Like, it was so entertaining. But this one, the other hand, only had one touchdown, and it was by the running back, Sony Michelle. Yeah, which, props to Michelle. I, I am a big... I'm a big supporter of Sonny Michelle. Um, I just think he's a great he's a great player, you know. Um, I can't wait to watch him grow. Frankly, I thought you know I, I understand why Saquon Barkley gets Rookie of the Year. He definitely put up great numbers, but I th- you know I think that Rookie of the Year should be and all of the awards should be decided after the Super Bowl, much in the same vein as uh, as the MLB. Um, any NHL for that matter, um, because if you look at it, honestly, Sony Michelle, in my opinion, had the Rookie of the Year season. I mean, the man, the man led his literally led his team to the Super Bowl. Like, you know, when 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 the arm of Brady, which rarely fails, but when when you know when the arm of Brady couldn't get it done, put it in the hands of Sony Michelle. And you got yourself some free yards. I mean, the guy tore it up. You're definitely right about that. And, you know, I do think Julian Edelman played well, especially in that first half. But what I saw is I thought Sonny Michelle deserved MVP for oh, the game. Oh, for sure. I, I definitely, you know, props to Julian Edelman for getting open. But when you can run the check down on every play, you're going to get open. Sony Michelle was the guy who pick up those ground yards and get into the end zone and ultimately get the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. He had 18 carries for 94 yards, the only touchdown of the game. Only touchdown of the game. He averaged 4.5 rushing yards per attempt. Uh, this season, he had six rushing touchdowns, uh, 931 yards on 209 attempts. I mean, the guy, like, he didn't, he probably didn't get as many snaps and as many opportunities as uh, as Saquon Barkley. And that's probably why he doesn't win Rookie of the Year, you know? But, you know, I... I fully stand by my thought that this kid, you know, this guy, you know, he's he, he's you know, he's already won a Super Bowl ring more than more than either of us will ever get. I think he definitely deserves Super Bowl MVP. So I guess back to the original question of how this Super Bowl was not entertaining. I don't know about you, but the only entertaining moment I had when I was watching the Super Bowl was when the Rams almost got that touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks. There was that. There was a. There was when they almost got the fumble off of Brady in the first half. That was. Those were like the only two times where I was like on my, on the edge of my seat, like, oh man, are they gonna get that? And then they didn't. It was like, oh, never mind. You know. 
Um, the only time I was truly entertained during this game, Cole, was uh, when the, the, the commercial, the, uh, the Bud Light Game of Thrones commercial came on. That was, that was my only source of entertainment during this football game. I did not see that commercial, so you I probably ta- I probably tapped out at that oh, point. Oh man, that was the first half commercial. Oh, it was so good. Okay, okay. So, um, I know you watch game, so I I can actually say this, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, there was a joust. It was a joust, right? And the Bud Knight, you know, the you know they've been running the guy with the dilly dilly, and he has the he has his knight. He's called the Bud Knight. The Bud Knight was on his horse in a joust, and you couldn't really see the other guy who was jousting. Uh, but so he gets on his horse, and he is unhorsed. He loses the joust, the Bud Knight, and so he's laying on the ground, and out comes the mountain. The mountain. And he goes over, and do you remember, uh, I guess, you know, spoiler alerts for Game of Thrones, but, uh, when uh, the mountain kills Oberyn Martell, and he he's, does the hand over the head thing, yeah, he does that with the Bud Knight. He killed the Bud Knight. The Bud Knight is dead. And then a dragon comes in and torches the rest of the people. So I think canonically in the Bud Light universe, I think the Dilly Dilly guy is dead. And fr- frankly, I'm I'm not against it because those commercials were getting annoying as heck. Yeah. Well then, so, um, so yeah, I definitely miss Ella. Definitely go, have to. You need to go. You up. need to go look that one up on YouTube when when the show starts. It's a, it's a darn good commercial. Like, I, I absolutely adored it. I I was you know I was laughing. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Game of Thrones. So yeah, um, but that was my only real sense of entertainment during that football game. Uh, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we'll start moving over to basketball. So stay tuned to KNC Sports here on KCOU. This kid died from using illegal drugs. And this kid died from using prescription painkillers. Now you tell me, which one's more dead? Talk to your kids about prescription drug abuse. Whether it be t-shirts for your charity event or jerseys for your intramural team, one-to-one print shop can handle your custom apparel needs. If you need inspiration in crafting a design, you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram at one to one print shop to check out some of their latest work. You can also visit their website at one to one print shop.com. That's O N E T O O N E print shop.com. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. My name is Kyle Jones, joined by Cole Tusing here. Cole! Let's talk basketball. I know you're a big basketball fan. And since our last show, it seems the basketball world has been flipped on its head. So Anthony Davis is still a Pelican, but he's got a list um, of who he's talking to. Of course, it's not his decision. So I don't know why... Like, you know, why the list would come out. I think, you know, I think that, you know, if the Pelicans have a list, then cool. 
But, uh, so if we look at the list, the Celtics do not feature on it. From, uh, from what I've heard, the, uh, the Lakers and Knicks are definitely the, uh, the, the top, um, on there. Sixers are on there. The Rockets are on there. Raptors, Thunder, Spurs, and the Warriors. So of those teams, and I heard the Clippers are also on there, which I think is dumb. But um, who do you who do you see him landing with? Well, that's an interesting question, and I think the team that'll give him the most traction will definitely be the Lakers. But the problem is. Do you know what the Lakers have to give up to get Anthony Davis? I know. I, the last deal I saw was Alonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma in a pair of first in a pair of uh, first round draft picks. They adjusted a little bit, so it's now Lonzo, Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Hart, oh, Rondo, man. and two picks. Jesus Christ! They're they're trading their entire f- starting five. Le- LeBron's gonna come b- come off the bench to a bunch of G League players and Anthony Davis. Oh Lord, that's terrible. I don't like that deal. Um, and furthermore, I saw and, and once again not his choice. Um, you know, let's let's make it clear. Um, these a lot of these players, you know, they 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 say, oh, I'd like to go here, I'd like to go there. If you are not a free agent, you don't have any say as to where you play. In the next season, because that's that's how basketball works. You don't get a choice unless you're a free agent. Um, but Lonzo Ball, you know, and you know, every time Lonzo gets mentioned, now Lavar gets back into the picture, and you know, I hate that. Uh, but Lavar has been cooking up a storm about how oh my my boy doesn't want to play in New Orleans. Uh, my my boy wants to do a three team deal with Chicago or the Knicks. I'm like. Your boy doesn't have a choice. <laughs> but, but, so what do you think of the Lakers potentially being forced to make a three-team deal with the with the Knicks or the Bulls with, with Lodzo involved? I mean, saying this as the Bulls fan... I definitely have to, there's definitely a lot to consider here, but like, I guess going back to the original point, then I'll talk about the Lakers and Knicks. One question I have for you. So, Anthony Davis, he's very young. He's pretty much an MVP caliber player. And that's just the question of do you think like guys like Lonzo and Kuzma are going to develop into guys like Anthony Davis in like three years? Not in New Orleans. Because once again, LeBron is like, Limited time in the NBA. Not in New Orleans. I think, I think under the right coaching, Kuzma could develop into something of a force. Lonzo, I don't think can. I don't. I don't anticipate Lonzo really being what you would consider an NBA prospect. I think he was overhyped coming out of college. I mean, he he wasn't really even that much of a game changer. When he was at uh, UCLA, you know, like he wasn't even the best one on that team. But I 
don't know. I just, I can't see that team developing into anything. Spe- I I can't see those two, except for Kuzma. I can't see them developing into anything special. And the Knicks with the Bulls, the Knicks are a completely different story, and we'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, I mean the Knicks Lay are with Porzingis, and I have a lot to talk about there. I so here's my thought: if you do a th- if you do a three team deal, you, sh- you ship Lonzo to the Bulls. Which, how would you think of Lonzo being in your city? I mean, right now the Bulls guard situation is Chris Dunn, Zach Levine. Zach Levine is praying pretty well this season. Yeah, but like, like I mean, definitely Lonzo would help. Right? Like, he's not bad. It would help a little bit, but the Bulls right now need some small forwards. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then if you do a three-trade deal, you ship Lonzo to the Bulls, and then I think you know, the way it works is the Bulls would then ship something or someone to the Pelicans. So who would you get rid of to the Pelicans in order to get Lonzo in this three-team deal? Or would you just go with uh, with, with, money and pro- with money and draft picks? Probably you would ship... The two players that came to my mind with, you would ship off for a three-way deal to the Pelicans is either Jabari Parker because of his massive contract or Bobby Portis. I think Bobby Portis is the better, uh, the better option there. I understand Jabari Parker... Has the bigger contract, but he also is a better player. Um, but let's move over to another trade that popped up out of the blue. Like, no one saw this one coming last week. Kristaps Porzingis has gone to the Dallas Mavericks and looks like they're trying to create a EuroLeague team over in Dallas between Doncic and Porzingis and the rest of the folks that they have over there. What do you uh what do you think about this uh this going on? See, everyone talks about how the Knicks like won the trade or finesse the Mavericks and I don't see I, don't I think, think the Knicks did. absolutely lost the trade and honestly lost their organization for the next few years. Because yeah. when you have a young guy like Porzingis, you want to develop. He's already developed into a star-like player, especially because he's young. You want to develop him around some players like Knotts. You want to maybe tank for Zion or Camrish or RJ Barrett. But not that you got rid of him. This team has no direction. This team had no direction when they, before they drafted Porzingis, and they had some momentum when they drafted Porzingis, and now that they got rid of him. This team has no direction anymore. I agree. You you see no you see no visible future for the for you know that organization. You you look at them and you're like, what are y'all supposed to be doing? What's the point here? You know, like I just like are, are they gonna tank? Because you're not gonna win tank bowl against the Cavs. The Cavs are gonna get the number one pick, and they'll probably pick up Zion. It'll either be the Cavs or maybe the Bulls, but like the Cavs are already in in utter free fall, you know. Um, but so like, why would you do this? What, Christos Porzingis after after Carmelo Anthony left, that was the franchise, you know, like he was the only guy of that Knicks team who I actually like knew. You know, 
Like, I couldn't tell you the Knicks roster anymore. I could tell you that Kristaps Sporzingis used to play there. But now, like, who in the world plays there? <laughs> What's the point of watching the New York Knicks? DeAndre Jordan? Okay, so we have a washed up, you know, a washed up DeAndre Jordan playing on a 10 and 42 team. Ennis Cantor? Cool. I mean, probably ar- arguably had a better, uh, a better career in, uh, uh, where, where do you call it? The Thunder? Yeah, with the Thunder. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. got traded. Kevin Knox? I mean, okay. See, here's the thing why people say the Knicks won the trade is because now they have 70 to the possibility of 80 million salary cap in the free agency. And here's the so thing. So they're going to go for, they're going to go for, uh, like, you know, all the big free agents. Like, like Durant. Kev- like but Kevin Durant. That's the problem, though, because you want to use Porzingis as a guy that can lead te- players in your franchise. But after you got rid of him, you have nothing. To, you know, I mean, sure, you can offer them a Matt's contract, but. First of all, other teams are going to be offering Matt's contracts. And second of all, you have no motivation to send players with no Porzingis. You're just going to send them off again. So with guys like, you know, the highly touted free agents like Durant, Kyrie, Clay, Jokic, no one's going to want to come to the Knicks. Yeah. Like, what's the point of going to New York when... As soon as all of, especially for the younger guys, because like you look at you look at Kevin Durant and you look at a lot of these uh, these popular free agents, um, their their careers are going to start winding down relatively soon. You know, they're getting near the end of the line. Like LeBron lasting as long as he has is kind of an anomaly. You know, like at some point those guys are going to start falling off. You need young talent. You need guys like Jokic. You need guys like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns. You know, those younger guys who can come in and really make something for your franchise. And without Przingis there to be kind of a guiding light, to be this, hey, we've got talent, come join us and, you know, make a statement. The Knicks have nothing. The Knicks have no point. That's why I don't think they're going to sign. That's why I don't think they're going to be able to sign. Kyrie or any other big free agents this offseason because they have nothing to play for that other teams can't offer. I agree. I, I agree. The only reason that you go to the Knicks anymore is because it's a big market team that plays in Madison Square Garden, and Madison Square Garden is a wonderful arena. You know? That's the only reason you play for the Knicks anymore is because it's the Knicks. But that mystique is... Slowly beginning to fade. Now look at the Mavericks with Doncic and once Porzingis gets healthy. Yeah, that that team, that team scares me, frankly. And the Rockets have to play them in division like a bunch of times every year. You know. That's why I was going to ask you. Like, you know, obviously Dallas is not the <laughs> you not, know, primary Texas team. I mean, yeah, so like, uh, the the they used to be. They used to be the big Texas team for a, for a little while there, but you know, obviously, you know, it's it's kind of been there's kind of been a usurping. The Rockets have, be, have become the better team, but I mean, you look at who they have. You have Costas uh, Antetokounmpo, who he might not be that good, but he's there. Greek, you know, Greek player, right? Uh, now you got now you got um, Christoph Przingis, 
another Greek player, right? You got Luka Doncic. Like they're they're they're, fil- they're fielding they're fielding a Euroleague team. I think uh, Sala Salamejri. I think he uh, was he Euro League. I want to say he was. You're probably right about that, but the fact that Doncic is playing so well and he's probably uh, unless something crazy happens is going to win rookie of the year this year. The fact that the he's literally leading this team so well. Once Porzingis comes healthy, it's over. It's not I, Warriors over, but it's not, it's not Warriors over. I, I mean, I, I, I think the I think the Rockets will still give them a run for their money, but but I will say this: Dallas is currently third in the Southwest. Uh, behind, they're behind San Antonio and the Rockets. I think as soon as uh, Porzingis gets back out and gets back to health to full health. I think they give the Spurs a run for their money for that second place spot. Heck, they probably give the Rockets a run for their money for the division. You know? I could see Dallas potentially slipping into slipping into playoff contention. They're a little bit far back now. They're about about seven games behind the Spurs in sixth place. They're about four games behind the Clippers who are in eighth. You know? There's a lot of games left. And there's a lot of games left. If they end up going to the playoffs, I think there might be like a dark horse team. They would be they would definitely be my my dark my dark horse team uh if they if they get healthy and make it to the playoffs. You know? I think they could I think they could get in if 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 people start coming back. The Knicks are currently last in the Eastern Conference since I'm looking at standings. So the Knicks actually have, the Knicks actually might have a better tank candidacy than the Cavs, but I still think the Cavs might be the worst the worst team in basketball. Did you see okay, so I was scrolling through ESPN just now. Um, and, you know, we're talking about where LeVar wants Lonzo to land. And we thought, uh, and, you know, we saw uh, Knicks and Bulls is kind of what he wants. Right now, I'm seeing LeVar wants Lonzo to go to the Phoenix Suns, not New Orleans. I'm just trying to think of this lineup. So it's Lonzo, Devin Booker, Bridges, Aiton. Huh, and Trevor Ariza. That's a very young team, and Trevor Ariza. <laughs> that is interesting. You give those guys a couple years, they wind up being pretty decent. They have Ryan Anderson, former uh, former Rocket. Uh, let's see, DeAndre Ayton. You know, Mikael Bridges. He's good. Troy, uh, Troy Daniels, VCU alum. Uh, Kelly Uber Jr., who uh, went to Kansas. He had a decent night uh, last night against the Rockets. Went for 36 minutes, has a uh, uh, 6.92 field goal percentage with three rebounds and 23 points. Like, that's not bad, you know? So I guess going back to the original question, so you're talking about how 
The Cavs are a tanking team. The Knicks are a tanking team. The Bulls are a tanking team. So I have one theory that I've seen going around like ESPN, Bleach Report, all over. So you know how the NBA lottery system, how, you know, the more losses you have, like the, it's basically a lottery system. Yeah, yeah. The more losses you have, the more the more likely you are to get that number one pick. I've been seeing a theory, a possible rule change theory going around saying, what if instead of a lottery system, they have a single lift change tournament where the worst teams play each other and the winner of that tournament gets the first pick? Oh, my heavens. That, uh, that's actually, I actually quite like that. I actually quite like that idea. That's more basketball. That's, that's eyes on a product. Yeah. You know, it's probably gonna, it's gonna be like watching a G League tournament with all these, you know, with all these crummier teams. But I like the idea of taking the, uh, Taking basically the the bottom four teams of each division of each conference, and having them play a tournament. You know, I think that's a. I, I honestly think that's a pretty solid idea. Because then you had the first eight pick. You had the first eight picks hashed out, right? You do it in placement order. So the the two finalists they wind up being you know, the first and second picks. I I mean you could have like a third place match, right? Like so that's in in that scenario you'd have like you know a loser bracket sort of situation to figure out the rest of the picks. But I like that idea. I think there's some, uh, I think there's some serious, uh, some serious, like, depth to that. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, uh, more sports, so stay tuned. Did you know that more than 80% of True False volunteers are local residents and students? With the energy and creative spirit of nearly 1,000 people working on more than 30 different teams, you can help make True False 2019 a great fest. True False still needs hundreds of volunteers for placement on teams, including setup, breakdown, theater operations, hospitality, merchandise, box office, sustainability, and more. Go to volunteer.truefalse.org for more information and to complete an application. Listen to the cast every Monday at 4 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and streaming worldwide on KCOU.FM. We're talking Mizzou football, Mizzou basketball, and all things sports. If you want sports, you'll find it every Monday at 4 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. It's the cast, the Colton Anderson Sports Talk with David Coons on KCOU. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. My name is Kyle Jones, joined by Cole Tusing. And Cole, today is Chinese New Year, the Chinese New Year Day. Uh, we have officially entered the year of the pig. Um, and so because of today's occasion... I thought it only appropriate that we ask ourselves, who are the best Chinese athletes to ever uh, really gain prominence? 
So, obviously, the first one that comes to mind for me is Yao Ming. Would you would you agree with that? Honestly, yeah, and just looking at the other Chinese athletes, that's honestly the only name I recognize, so I yeah, have to go with like, Yao Ming. Like if you just if you just go with a a Google search of Chinese athletes, the only one on that list that I recognize is Yao Ming. Um I believe he's a, a Hall of Famer now. I believe he got inducted in the last class. So that's pretty cool. But uh, another thing that is happening relatively soon is uh, pitchers and catchers report to spring training. I think next week. Like literally a week from today. And there's still... There's still quite a few free agents that are uh, available. So, just to kind of recap, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel, Marwin Gonzalez, and Mike Mistakis are all still available as free agents. Where do you see some of these guys landing? Manny Machado, I'm hearing a lot of people saying he's going to go to the White Sox. The White Sox. Hmm. The White Sox, in my opinion, I've never really been, like, that good. You know? So, I I wonder, I wonder what goes on with that. You know, because obviously one or a couple of good players to the White Sox, and that that changes things around, right? So you're obviously the more you know baseball fan than I am. So where do you see like Bryce Hopper, Manny Machado going? I like that you you kind of messed up when saying Harper's name. You sounded like someone from Boston, like Bryce Hop, Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Hopper is gonna go to a. Uh, I think Bryce Harper is probably going to wind up in uh, in Philly. I know that, like you know, we had the 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 rumor about the deal that was agreed in principle, and then it didn't happen. I still think that that deal is going to happen. I think he'll wind up in Philadelphia. If not, I I want to see the Cardinals. I want to see the Cardinals go for him. I don't think they will, but this is a very large but. Like, okay, look at the Cardinal. If you look at the Cardinals lineup, they have a wonderful infield, and then they have a wonderful, you know, wonderful talent in left and left and center field, right? The one real, the one real gap in their lineup. If you really start to look at it, is in right field. Hold on. We have a generational right fielding talent who, with a little bit of love and care, winds up in the Hall of Fame at the end of, at the end of his career. Whatever shall we do? You know? Like, I, I fully believe that the Cardinals should sign Bryce Harper. The problem is I don't know if they will. 
sign Bryce Harper. You know? And that's the problem. Is there's like, you got guys like both the Cubs and the Cardinals where they really should sign Bryce Harper because he's a great talent and he, he's a better right fielder than the ones that they have currently. But will they do it? I don't know. Yeah, I assume Manny Machado is the same with you. Kinda. Though, I've never really... I've always thought that Machado was, um... You know, a little bit overrated. I don't know. I, I never I never thought he was great. I think he probably winds up potentially with the White Sox. Maybe the Yankees... So I don't know if the Yankees are really going to spend money for him. You know? Like, that's the problem. Is that the Yankees aren't really in the mood to, to splash any more cash on big players. Especially after uh, the Giancarlo Stanton deal. You know? Let's move to another free agent that's uh, not really much talked about. And that's Marwin Gonzalez. Marwin Gonzalez, there needs to be an award for this man called the Utility Player of the Year. Because I'll tell you what, this guy can play literally almost every position. Like, he can play pretty much every spot in the infield, and he can play right field, he can play left field, he can play wherever you need him. The only two positions that he really can't play well is pitcher and catcher, you know? And I'm sure with a little practice, he could probably be a solid catcher. You know? Do you think that he'll get re-signed by the Astros? Or do you think that he goes to a, another team? I've heard potentially that the White Sox might go for him. I know that's, that's something I saw. But I really... I think... That that the Astros should re-sign him. What do you think? Well, I was hearing about how, like I mentioned before, how I've heard some people think Manny Machado is going to go to the White Sox. But when you're talking about, who was the name again? Marwin Gonzalez. Marwin Gonzalez. And I definitely think the Astros should re-sign him because not only is the question of Machado with the White Sox, but also, you know, the Astros, I mean, you're more of the Astros fan. I'm the Cubs fan, but, you know, the Astros are, you know, still a contender. They're not like a tank team. I mean, yeah, means. they're, they're probably, they're, there's, a, there's a solid chance of them, honestly, just, you know, going back to the ALCS again, you know? Because, like, so you look at, there's two guys who the, the Astros... They, they uh, you know, contracts ran out and they didn't re-sign them yet. And that's Dallas Keuchel and Marvin Gonzalez. Of the two, who do you think the Astros should sign back, you know, if they can only sign back one? Well, you talk about how Marvin Gonzalez is a great utility player, but, you know, talking to you and everything about the Astros, the name I hear more is Dallas Keuchel personally. And I agree with that. I think if you had to choose one, I would choose Keiko. You know, the guy's a Cy Young winner. 
And, you know, sure, he's fallen off a wee bit over the past couple years, but he still shows out in the playoffs. And I think that's something that's really important, especially for the Astros who are, you know, now, and I never thought I'd be able to say this in my lifetime, they are now consistently a playoff team, you know? So I imagine, I imagine that Keiko gets signed back. I, I personally hope he gets signed back. Um, but that's going to take us to our final break. When we come back, you know, we talked about the Super Bowl, but I now want to talk about some NFL MV, some NFL Hall of Famers. So stay tuned. This is Ryan from Portugal, the man, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1. Did you know that more than 80% of TrueFalse volunteers are local residents and students? With the energy and creative spirit of nearly 1,000 people working on more than 30 different teams, you can help make TrueFalse 2019 a great fest. TrueFalse still needs hundreds of volunteers for placement on teams, including setup, breakdown, theater operations, hospitality, merchandise, box office, sustainability, and more. Go to volunteer.truefalse.org for more information and to complete an application. Mizzou Softball and Baseball on KCOU is brought to you by B&B Bagel. B&B Bagel offers some of the best breakfast in Columbia and is conveniently located a few minutes off campus at 124 East Nifong Boulevard. For their hours and more information, visit their website, bbbagel.com, or call them at 573-442-5857. For updates on their hours and specials, follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well. KCOU would like to thank B&B Bagel for their continued support of KCOU Sports and Student Radio. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU. So for our final little bit on the show, Cole, the 2019 Pro Football Hall of Fame class was announced um, a couple days ago. Um, and so I want to just kind of just take a, a little look at who's going in this year. So first off, Champ Bailey, who was a cornerback, he started with the Redskins back in 1999. And when you talk about having one heck of a career, this guy played from 1999 all the way to 2013 with the Broncos. I mean, like, that's a lot. That is so long. You know? Like, that fella played for essentially two-thirds of my life. Um, I definitely think that he deserves it. He was a 12-time Pro Bowler, uh, three-time first-team All-Pro. Um, I believe he got a Super Bowl ring that when, when Peyton won with the Broncos, I think he was on that team that year. So there's that. The, uh, the second, the second, uh, guy that gets in is Tony Gonzalez, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs from 97 to 2008. And then he wound up playing with the Falcons until 2013. And I saw a... A video, I saw a video um, over the weekend where he was talking to some folks in Atlanta. You know, obviously the Super Bowl was in Atlanta and everything. Um, and said that coming to the Falcons is what made his career. He played for the Falcons for 
four years. He played for the Chiefs from 97 to 2008 and completely steamrolled Kansas City. What do you think about a guy that does something like that? That's also an interesting question, and I'm just going to give my take. And, like, you know, is what it is, but personally, that was not right because, you know, not only did you play for Kansas City for a lot longer, but it kind of built your career from the startup, even though the Falcons may have given you more development and more praise, I guess, but you can't forget about the other teams that you played for. Yeah, I think he needs to give Kansas City some credit. All right, so another fellow who got in, Ty Law, cornerback for the Patriots from 95 to 2004. Then he played for the Jets in 2005. Went back, went to the Chiefs from 06 to 07, then back to the Jets for a year, and then finished with the Broncos. I mean, the guy was a journeyman, but he was a five-time Pro Bowler and won the Super Bowl three times. So... I'd say that's a, that's a pretty well deserved uh, a pretty well deserved Hall of Fame induction. Would you agree? Absolutely. But before I guess we could segue into the NFL Hall of Fame. So obviously this is the class of 2019. The Patriots won the Super Bowl. Does any of those big names, Gronk, Julian Edelman, or Tom Brady, retire? I th- I know Gronk has been hinting at it. Um, and I think he very well might. I know I know Tom Brady has already come out and said that he's not going to. Uh, so but but winning a Super Bowl for a sixth time might change his mind. I hope it changes his mind. I think it's time for him to retire. We saw this season that he really had lost a step. you know like he was he's clearly slower. You know, I think it's time for him to retire. Will he? I don't. I don't believe. You know? Uh, I think Edelman stays. But getting back to Hall of Fame stuff, Ed Reed. Ed Reed makes it into the Hall of Fame, which I'm incredibly happy about. Uh, I always enjoyed watching him when he played for the Ravens. He was a Texan for a year. Didn't do... Too much for the Texans, but he was still there. And honestly, I mean, the guy—the guy's a monster, you know. Like, and I like—I like him a whole lot more than I like Ray Lewis in terms of famous Ravens defenders, you know. Uh, Kevin Maway, a center, he. Played for the Seahawks from 94 to 97, then the Jets from 98 to 2005, then the Titans from 2006 to 2009. This, uh, I mean, you, you, you rarely see centers get the recognition they deserve, right? But it seems like when you look at this fella, um... He, he, was a, he blocked for five different running backs who combined for 13 1,000-yard rushing seasons. That's straight from the ESPN article I'm, I'm getting all these names off of. Uh, had eight Pro Bowls, was an all-decade selection of the 2000s. I mean, honestly, what more can you ask from your center? 
be a good blocker, get you know, create the holes in the middle for your running back to get through. Definitely, I think, uh, a well-deserved pick. Sinners deserve more love, in my opinion. Would you, would you agree with that, Cole? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, you know, it's kind of similar with, like, guys on the O-line where, you know, like, quarterback, running back, receivers, like, all, even tight ends, like, get all the credit for the offense, but it's really down to, you know, how good the O-line can block the court to give the quarterback or the running back some time to move. I mean, you're the test fan, so you know how important an O-line is. Yeah, I know how important an O-line is because we lack one. That's a, that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> Uh, now onto the the senior picks. Those are guys who were from, you know, long ago. Johnny Robinson, safety for the uh, Dallas Texans, who then moved to Kansas City and became the Kansas City Chiefs from 1960 to 1971. Uh, he was a seven-time Pro Bowler, six-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, he had wow. He started as a running back with 458 yards as a rookie and had 200, 600-yard receiving seasons back in the AFL. Led the AFL in interceptions and with 10 in 1966. Uh, when the NFL merged with the AFL, he led the league in, in interceptions with 10 when he was 32. Dang. Retired with 57 interceptions. Sounds like this guy was uh, was definitely deserving. You know? So, I guess this is the NFL Hall of Fame. So, I guess one final thing before we end the show off. So, Mizzou basketball talk. Mizzou is going on... Mizzou men's is... Going on to Rocky Top tonight. And they will die. They will die a terrible death, and it will be sad, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what is your score prediction for Mizzou at Tennessee? 85 to 50. Okay. So I guess what I'm trying to get at here is, like, NCAA March Madness and everything, believe that Tennessee is a team that will be in the Final Four in March Madness. I totally agree. Rocky Top looks like an incredibly dangerous place. The Vols are coming out to play and really making a making a show of it. I mean, these guys just kick butt. And you look at, you know, Missouri, and dear Lord, they are not good. They are a turnover factory. And... Tennessee is going to capitalize on that, and they're going to eat up Missouri, and it's going to be very ugly. I, I can almost guarantee that it will just be ugh in terms of ugliness. Um, I think the, the Missouri women are playing uh, Texas A&M on Thursday, and I believe that this game is here at Mizzou Arena. So, that might be a win, albeit Texas A&M is ranked 18th in the nation and is always a consistently brilliant women's basketball team. They beat Notre Dame out in the national championship a couple of years ago. So, I mean, they might be, they might be in a pretty bad way, too. <laughs> you know, It's not looking like a good week 
for Missouri basketball in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'll take my solace in in knowing that the Pittsburgh Penguins will probably beat the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> you know, like maybe I'll get some solace in that. But overall, this is going to be a bloodbath. Well, I'm not sure if you went to the We Back Pack game against Auburn on Sunday. I uh, That one, I uh, was I there? I want to say, yeah, I reported that. Okay, so you know how it was where it was like 20 to 0. Yeah, I mean, it was quarter. like 24 to 2. It was insane. Um, but yeah, the women's team is looking a whole lot better than the men, which, I mean, fair play. So that'll do it for today's show. Thanks for tuning in to KNC Sports. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. So make sure to tune in to that as well. We bid you adieu, stay warm, and have a wonderful rest of your week.